All right, let's turn to Second uh, Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one. Uh, we'll continue on there. Second Peter chapter one, and we'll read verses eight through fifteen. Second Peter chapter one, verses eight through fifteen. Say this in the Word of God. Second Peter chapter one, verse eight says this: For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that surely I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, verse 15, Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. Let's pray again, please. Lord, again, we just thank you for being a good God and Lord, we bring this request before you. Lord, we think of the many needs that were mentioned tonight. We think of the physical needs. Lord, we think of uh, Sister Aguilar's uh, grandchild, that uh, precious newborn. Uh, Lord, that you would just uh, lord over that and uh, protect that child. And uh, Lord, help it to uh, recover uh, quickly and everything would be okay. Be with the parents, no doubt. Uh, they need your grace and peace right now <laughs> with the concern for their child and just all those uh, touched by that. I pray you'd help them. <laughs> Lord, we think of Sister Sherry's unspoken tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd uh, help her with that. We know, we know others that have unspoken and things upon their heart tonight. And Lord, I pray that you'd move in these situations and give uh, grace, wisdom, if it's decisions that need to be made. Lord, and uh, we think of Sister Jackson tonight and her family. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, just give that abundant grace right now uh, Lord, as she prepares to uh, cross the river and enter your presence, Lord, just uh, be uh, with them, we pray. And uh, Lord, just uh, so many things and uh, the, the physical needs, I pray you'd touch. We think of Sister Muxlow and others. Lord, we pray for spiritual needs. We think of those that uh, have handed out tracts. We think of this one uh, Amy mentioned and uh, others that have handed out tract or witnessed to people. Lord, take the word of God that's been heard. Lord, the incorruptible seed. And Lord, I pray, bring forth fruit in that heart to your honor and glory. And uh, Lord, I pray for the Moyers. Thank you for the, bringing them here safely in the time we had together. Please watch over them. Uh, give them safety. Lord, I pray as they uh, stop, uh, uh, make a stop tomorrow night to encourage somebody else along the way that you'd uh, uh, bless that uh, time together. And Lord, you know other things that were up on hearts tonight that aren't mentioned. Uh, Lord, that you would just uh, help us. Lord, we're dependent upon you. Without you, we can do nothing. But Lord, even tonight on this Wednesday night, if there's people here, people listening uh, that aren't saved, please, God, work in those hearts and open them unto thee. Help us now through your word. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. So as we uh, look at this portion of uh, Scripture, of course, uh, part of these verses we looked at, I think we went through verse 11 last week, so we'll do a little uh, review there, but we want to just focus in on uh, something that was uh, uh, mentioned last week and expounded. Of course, last week, again, we looked at an important list of things, an important list of things that the Bible says we are to what? Add to our faith. And so we want to expound on that a little bit more. Let's look at that list again quickly, verses 5 through 7. And said, beside this, now it mentions some things, amen? 
As we saw last week, we're saved, amen? But that's not the end of it. That's a starting point. That just lays the foundation for us to build upon. And so until we uh, uh, get on the other side of this thing, amen, we have some responsibilities as believers. And so beside all these good things, amen, we've, uh, we've been uh, delivered uh, from our sin. We've been delivered from a worldly lust and all those good things that God's put in us since we got saved and we have power over sin. And now he says, beside these things, add some things. Give all diligence. Be serious about it. Add to your faith. And we mentioned these last week. Virtue. And then, of course, to that, after that was knowledge. And then knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. And so there's that uh, list. And in verse 8, it says about this list, it says, These things... These things, and so that that again, when we look at portions of Scripture, we want to see, think, look for look for a pattern, maybe something that stands out, a principle, or maybe some things that are repeated. And so you saw, as we read down through verse fifteen, that those two little words were repeated. Verse eighteen: These things, right? If these things be in you, verse nine: If any man lacketh these things, and then notice of verse ten, it emphasizes these things. What do if ye do these things, right? So we're supposed to get these things and put them into action. Verse 12 says, these things, right? Remembrance, these things. And then verse 15, these things is mentioned again, to have these things. And so you know what? These things must be pretty important. <laughs> if he keeps emphasizing, hey, I've given you a list, right? Uh, uh, listen, don't, don't, don't just uh, say, okay, uh, uh, check it off. Don't just, you know, like that list you get when you walk out the door, or make when you walk out the door, and then you set it down and forget about all those things, and you go, oh, man, I forgot to pick this up, forgot to do that. No, hey, he keeps emphasizing. So these things, adding these things to our faith, uh, putting these things in our life and making these things part of who we are as a Christian, right? and uh, uh, get, beginning to see them unfold in our life, that is important. Because as we saw here in verse 8, there are consequences of not adding these things, and there are benefits to adding them. Look again, verse 8, if these things be in you and abound, they make you, amen? So, hey, listen, these, th- these things add something to, they make you. In other words, without them, hey, uh, 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 you would have been missing something in your Christian life. But they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord uh, uh, Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus Christ. So uh, uh, these things, right, uh, are important to add to your life. They make a difference in your life. And as I was thinking about that, uh, 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 today, uh, me and my wife, we put an elevated garden in our backyard, and that's Brother Moyer's fault. He taught me into buying that thing. But then he uh, helped me put it together yesterday, and then he told me, he said, listen, uh, you know, fortunately him and his wife know uh, a, a few things about gardening, and so he told me, brother, if you want this thing to work, right, you just made a big investment in this thing, right? If you want this thing to work, if you want uh, something to grow there, if you want this thing to produce, right? Now, what was he saying? If you want something to grow there, if you want uh, uh, what you plant there to produce something, you know what he said to me? He said, you're going to have to add a few things 
to this garden. Hey, just because you put that thing together and threw a little dirt in it uh, doesn't mean that it's, uh, it's going to grow something. You got to add some things. He said, so you're going to have to get some topsoil. You're going to have to get some peat moss. I had to learn all these things, some compost and all these things. So we were at Lowe's this morning uh, uh, buying topsoil and compost and uh, peat moss and, and some things. And then we had, uh, and then Matt, everybody was out of uh, winter vegetables just about. We finally found a place, uh, called all over. Glad we made some phone calls before we drove. And so finally, we now we got a nice little uh, uh, garden in the backyard. We'll see, see, what, see what happens with it. But he said, listen, you got, if you want this thing to work, you have to add these things. And that's what God's saying, say, hey, hey, uh, uh, listen, that's great. You're saved. Amen. That'll, that'll get you to heaven. But along the way, if you don't add these things, then the things that I want to produce in your life, the things I want to produce through your life, if you want to have a fruitful uh, garden in your life, amen, and uh, blessings, then, hey, it won't happen unless you add uh, these things. It says, if not, you'll be barren. Now, usually we think of barren, we what? We think, well, uh, uh, somebody that doesn't, a woman that doesn't uh, uh, produce uh, or has not been able to bear uh, uh, children. So we think of that thought, right? Uh, to be without uh, children, to be without fruit. And you know, in the, in the Bible, right, especially in the Old Testament, boy, have, have, have we come a long way. When a woman wasn't able to bear a child, that was a serious thing to her. You know, now they make, they make light of all that stuff. You know, uh, oh, oh, you know, they look down on, on, on homemakers and stuff like that. But it's just that's just wicked. That's a wicked society that looks down on women uh, that have the desire uh, uh, to be home and uh, try to raise their children and be a helpmate to their husband. That's still in the Bible. That's still a good thing in 2021. 20, uh, I know things happen. You know, uh, my father left my mom uh, when I was four years old. We were living in the projects on welfare in Dallas, Texas. My uh, single woman with four kids and had nothing. Thankfully, you know, there was a program. Hey, listen, I don't believe in taking advantage of government handouts, but hey, if something's there to help you and you can use it, don't take advantage. And there's a program that helped my mom go to school, become a nurse. She got off welfare and she was a nurse the rest of her life. And I'm thankful for that. So when, when uh, uh, my girls, uh, when it came time for them to go to school, I thought about my mother. I wanted them all to have an education, but I wanted them to be willing, if the Lord provided a good husband, I wanted them to be willing to set any desire they had for work aside to support their husband first. I don't know how if I got off on this, but probably it must need to be said, so I'm saying it. Not afraid to say it. It's good to say it, and it still matters in 2021, right? And, but then to be willing to set their... Uh, career side or whatever, to support their husband, right, and be willing to take care of their children. And so I'm thankful, you know, that uh, I'm glad my, each one of my girls has an education. And I, you know what? I'm glad that my children aren't lazy. I'm glad that when they do work, they're hard workers, they're dependable workers. But yet I'm glad in their heart there's a desire uh, to want to be a mother and to raise their children and uh, to support their husband. But on the other hand, if, if uh, Lord forbid, their, their, their husband did pass away or something happened, but they have enough something that, you know, if they had to support their family, it's there. And so, you know, that's just using wisdom uh, as well. But as long as you keep things in line, according to uh, the word of God. Well, I'm not going to teach on the family, but anyways, uh, uh, you know, I just got thinking about that, about women thinking. And what does it say? Uh, Rachel's a good example. I'll just read two verses. And God remembered Rachel and God hearkened unto her and opened her womb. Genesis 30, 22. 
And Genesis 30, 23 said, And she conceived and bare a son. And look what she said. God had taken away my reproach. God, a woman used to think that way. That's still a good way uh, for him to think, right? Had taken away my reproach. But the thought it is of being barren, right, was considered reproach. In other words, if, if, you, you, know, if you weren't producing, right, uh, that was considered a, a reproach. You know what? If you think that in the spiritual room, realm, if we're not producing what God desires us to produce in our life, that ought to be a reproach upon our Christian testimony. That ought to be a reproach upon our Christian testimony, if you like it, and under that same thought. Uh, Isaiah 54.1 says this about that. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. In other words, he's saying, hey, uh, uh, you're going to be able to uh, produce some children. You ought to get excited about that. And you know what? We ought to get excited as believers that God wants to produce some things in our life, that God wants to bring forth fruit in our life. Amen. Uh, whether it's, uh, uh, as we talk, we'll talk about this, the fruits of the spirit or uh, uh, the, uh, people getting saved, whatever the case is. We don't want to be barren as believers. We don't want to be unfruitful because being able to bear fruit for the Lord is a wonderful thing. Uh, Philippians 4.17, good missionary verse. Right? What did Paul say to those at Philippi? Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Isn't that a wonderful thing? We just read our missionary prayer letters. When, our, when God works through our missionaries and somebody gets saved, what does that become? That becomes fruit to our account. If you support missions, that becomes fruit to your account. God wants fruit to be produced. But of course, there's the fruit of the Spirit. But then Psalm 183 says this, and he talking about the believer, those that uh, uh, meditate upon the the word of God, those that are where they're supposed to be in their Christian life, amen, that stand where they're supposed to stand, don't stand where they're not supposed to stand, don't sit where they're not supposed to sit, but are in the, the right way, says this, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit, and I'm glad it says this, in his season, in his season, his leaf also not, shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper, and his, that's important. Because, you know, especially when you're in the ministry, you say, you know, some missionary says, well, man, this guy's got all this going over here. It doesn't seem like this as much. Hey, you don't know at what time God is going to choose to do something mighty in somebody's life, you know, or, 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 or through their, their ministry. You know, we all go through phase. I look at over 34 and a half years. You know what? And I see different, different seasons in my Christian life, different seasons in my ministry. You know, when I, when I uh, uh, first went to uh, 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 Bulgaria years ago, it was like a missionary's dream uh, uh, back then. I mean, everything was like the book of Acts. Things were just exploding over there. And that was a wonderful uh, season, you know. And then, you know, uh, then I got kicked out and it was, I sort of had a, a different season at that time. But listen, God uh, uh, knows uh, what he wants to do with your life and at the time. So don't be looking at other people's uh, 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 lives and getting jealous or getting uh, 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 envious. Just say, just be faithful and God will have a season for you. Of course, we got John 15, which talks about fruit. It says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth, that it may bring forth what? More fruit. Then verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, he that abideth in me. And I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. 
So again, in John 15, what do we have? We have a progression, fruit, uh, more fruit, much fruit. And so we want to continue to grow in our lives and see God do more in our lives. So we need to look, say, hey, do I see a progression of growth in my life as a believer? When I look back uh, uh, five years ago, amen, do I see a big difference in my Christian life, right? And or we say, hey, uh, I'm a new Christian. Hey, I hope five years from now, I hope that some of these things that uh, we're learning about here have been added to my life. And I see a progression of growth in my life. You know, we all have a list of things in our life that we consider important. You know, we all have a list of priorities. Well, we need to make sure the pursuit of and the maintaining of these things right? The pursuit of as we work up the list, right? Or along the list, right? And that the pursuit of these things and the maintaining of these things is part of the list of our priorities as a Christian. Another thing it talks about in verse 9 that we, we, we touched on this a little bit last week, just to mention again, but he that lack of these things is blind and again, cannot see afar off cannot see. And that's an important thing. It's an important thing for a believer to be able to see afar off. That is an important thing as a Christian. And I'll explain that in a minute, right? That is an important thing as a believer. Now, uh, one of the first times you see that phrase afar off is in Genesis 22, right? When uh, uh, Abraham, I love this statement, uh, uh, Abraham is taking Isaac, right, to Moriah, and it makes this statement in verse 4 of Genesis 22. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And I believe that I believe that has a double meaning there. And I think a lot of verses do. It has the, 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 the immediate context that he sees the place where he's going to sacrifice Isaac, but it also has a prophetic and spiritual context of where the place where the Messiah is uh, uh, going to die. He see Calvary uh, there as well. And that's important to understand that he saw the place. That's why I like tying that verse just aside where it says he saw the place afar off. I like tying that to the verse of the New Testament where it says they came to the place called Calvary. I like tying those two thoughts uh, uh, together there. But listen to this verse in Hebrews eleven thirteen, and it gives you a good thought about spiritually being able to see afar off. Hebrews eleven thirteen says this, these all died in faith. Notice this verse. This would be a good verse to highlight. Hebrews eleven thirteen. These all died in faith not having received the promises. They didn't receive the promises, but you know what? Having seen them afar off. So they didn't receive them, but they'd seen them afar off. And look what happened because, because they, they were able to see afar off, because they had the faith and the, the, the spiritual, uh, 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 what they needed to see afar off, it says this, and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You see, God allowed them to see what they needed to see afar off, right? And because though they didn't receive these things, though they saw them afar off and knew that these were things that were going to happen somewhere along the line, you know what? They, they, it was that, just the fact that they saw it by faith, it was enough to persuade them to stay faithful and embraced them, amen, and said, hey, we, we, we believe that, and they took it in, and that helped them, amen, to, to stay faithful uh, to God. 
So if they had not had the faith to see afar off, they would not have had the faith to be persuaded and embrace the things that God wanted to give them to help them in in their walk with him uh, in their generation. What a wonderful thought that is. So again, and Christ is a good example of the importance of being able to see afar off. Uh, Go to Hebrews 12 too. And uh, I, 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 I think, you know, even though it doesn't use the phrase afar off, I think you see the thought of that in this verse, Hebrews 12, 2. Look at what it says. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, look at this, who for the joy that was set before him, what? Endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What what, what is something that helped him endure the cross? The fact that he could see afar off. The fact that he could look past what he was going through. And this is the thought you need to get as a believer. The fact that he could see past what he was going through And to the other side, get this thought, the other side of what he was going through, he could see afar off that he realized, because he could see the result of what he was going through, because he could see afar off, it helped him endure and know that he was going through was worth it. Now get that thought. Because he had had faith, because, of course, we know we're talking about Jesus Christ, but he's an example. But because he could see afar off and down the road past Calvary, past Calvary, he could see Alan Moyer getting saved. Past Calvary, right? He could see Sister Pam getting saved. Past Calvary, he could see you getting saved. And because he could see, he knows beginning to end. And because he could see afar off, amen, he said, hey, I can get through this thing. And I can know that it's worth it to go through this thing. Because I can see afar off, amen, and know the benefits, the benefits that my father's going to produce through this is going to be worth it. And see, that's what we need to understand as believers. You see, the joy he saw on the other side of Calvary helped him endure the cross. The joy he saw afar off. Now, that's not in there, but that thought's there, that he could see the joy afar off. So let, 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 now this is where I want to bring it down to you. When we lack these things, when we lack these things, and we are not where we should be spiritually... Therefore, we do not see what we should see spiritually. Let me say that again. When we lack these things, this is what it's telling us, we are not where we should be spiritually. And because we're not where we should be spiritually, we do not see what we should see spiritually or understand what we should understand spiritually. And what does that do? That limits our ability to see past what we are presently going through. That limits our ability to see past what we're presently dealing with in life. And that's why we get defeated. That's why we get discouraged. 
because we can't see past our present circumstances, because we don't have any faith, we're not trusting God. When I see people going through things and all they do, they're just sitting around having a, have, having a pity party thinking they're the only one going through anything in life, you know what that tells me? They're not where they should be spiritually. They're, they're thing, they're thing, they don't have the things in their life that God wants to give them spiritually. They're not, amen, walking with God. And therefore, all they can see is what's right here, amen, when God's trying to show them what's right there and what's on the other side of what they're going through. And so they get defeated and discouraged. You know, if only in this life we have hope. You see, we're of all men, what, most miserable. Why? Because all we can see is what's right here. Hey, you know what encouraged me tonight is that I can see past what's going on on this earth and I can see afar off to him coming again. I can see afar off that I'm already seated in the heavenlies. I can see afar off that I'm already standing before his throne. And because I can see afar off, I can go through what's near. I can go through what's near because I can see afar off. That's what happened with Jesus. He could go through what was near because he could see, amen, the victory of it afar off. And that's what God wants us to see. When we get defeated because we can't see past our circumstances or to the victory God wants to give us on the other side. Hey, I don't care what you're going through. If you're a child of God, no matter what you're going through, God has a victory for you on the other side of whatever it is you're going through. It's just that you need to be where you need to be. You just got to be where you're supposed to be spiritually and understand what you need to understand spiritually. So then you can then see what you need to see spiritually past the other side of what you're going through and know, hey, and here, let me remind you, Jesus didn't like going to the cross. And you may not like what you're going through. And the Bible said it doesn't say you have to like what you're going through, but it does say you got to trust him with what you're going through and know that it'll be worth it in the end because he'll get the glory and you'll get the benefit and somebody else will get some help along the way. Just like when Jesus endured the cross because he could see afar off. Amen. I don't know how I got stuck on that point, but I'm glad I did. Amen. So we listen, we cannot see afar off to the Lord's deliverance and joy that is set before us. Listen, if you whatever you're going through, through, if you'll say, God, help me get to where I need to be spiritually, help these things, amen, amen, to be developed in my life. I don't want to be blind. I don't want to be unfruitful, amen. I don't want to mess out on these things, but God, I want to be where I should be spiritually so that I can see it far off and you can help me see past this. And if I can see past it, amen, then I can get through it, amen. If I can see past it, that'll help me get through it. And so, uh, 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 anyways, amen, anyhow, I've been going uh, to, the, to, the, to the, the next verse. But listen, what, what got me through? Hey, again, hey, when I, when, I, when, when, when I was trying to fight discouragement in my head, when I got kicked out of Bulgaria or wherever I was at the time, what, what kept me going? The, this verse, the gifts and calling of God without repentance. The fact that I could see afar off that God was still going to use me. The fact that I could see afar off that God still had a ministry for me. I just had to wait and see what it was. And the fact that I knew that he had something afar off that helped me get through what, I was, that what was near. Amen. 
Moving on, verse 11, and one, here's one thing that's afar off. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And of course, we know that's one thing that's afar off. Amen. If you, if you let these things get in you and, you, and, you, and you, you're, you're the Christian that you ought to be, and you're going spiritually the way you ought to be, then you, look for, you have an abundant entrance to look into ahead. Again, these things don't get you into heaven, but they do help you to benefit and enjoy the journey, and it'll enhance the entrance. Verse 12, I better, I'll just uh, hurry up here quickly. Verse 12, wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Boy, Peter says a, a wonderful thing here. He says, I will not be negligent. You know what that means? That is, I will not fail to show concern. I will not fail, fail to show the concern to you. I'm not going to be negligent. And what, basically what he said, you know what? He said, I want you to know I care. I care about what's going on in your life. And so I, because I care about what's going on in your life, because he's getting ready to mention that he's going to pass on here soon, because I care about what's going on in your life, amen, I want, I want to give you these things. I want to make sure you understand what these things will do for you. I want you to understand the consequences if you don't have these things, amen. And I want you to understand, amen, that God wants to do big things in your life and through your life. And I want you to know, amen, as your spiritual mentor, if I will, I care about you. You know, I thought about that. I think few people realize how much men of God truly care for them. As a side note, I like this verse, Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit to yourselves. Look at this. For they watch for your souls. That word watch means to be attentive, to pay attention. Amen. If God has given you somebody in your life, that watches for your soul, that pays attention, that cares about you and prays about you and is concerned about your spiritual condition. That's a blessed thing to have. And that's what Peter was to these. He said, listen, I care. Hey, I'm not going to be negligent. I'm going to do my job. As long as I'm in this body, we're going to see that in these verses. I want to do my job to care for your soul and care about where you are spiritually. Boy, again, I think about uh, my good friend, Brother Crab. I think about the pastors that I've had. Thank God for the people he's brought into my life, amen, that cared about where I was spiritually. And if they thought I needed a good talking to, they weren't afraid to give me a good talking to, amen, because they cared enough about me. That's a wonderful thing. And so they, they remind you, amen, Thank God for being a God in your life that remind you and challenge you. Why? Why is Peter giving them this challenge? Because they want the Lord to be glorified in your life. And they desire for you to have the best personal relationship you can have with the Lord. And part of you having that best personal relationship you can have with the Lord is adding these things to your life. Amen. And being the Christian, you ought to be. Verse 12 says, be remembrance of these things. Why? Though you know them, look, and be established in the present truth. Established in the present truth. That is the truth which is with you, the truth which you have received, right? He, he wants you to be established in it. That means to be steadfast in it, to be fixedly firmed, to be established permanently in the truth. Now, you can remember we're in the book of Peter. Remember what, what Jesus said to Peter? Well, we know he told him he was going to fail, but then he made this in Luke twenty two thirty two. 32. Jesus said this to Peter, but I pray for thee that they fail, that thy faith fail not. Then he says, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. And that's why we have the first Peter and second Peter, 
because uh, the Lord challenged Peter to strengthen his brethren, amen, for the days that he had left on earth. And if you study 1 Peter and 2 Peter, you'll find this. 1 Peter deals with enemies from the outside. He shows you how to be strong in 1 Peter and how to deal with enemies on the outside. Then in 2 Peter, what is he teaching us? He's teaching us how to deal with enemies on the inside. He's given us these things that we might be strong on the inside. Amen. He wants to give you the strength you need as a believer to deal with those outward enemies. And then he wants to give you the strength you need to deal with those inward enemies. And if you're going to be strong, amen, what, what, how, can, how can I strengthen the brethren? Well, I can challenge them to add to their faith. I can challenge them to have virtue. I can challenge them to have knowledge. I can challenge them. Uh, uh, to have brotherly kindness and be godly and charity and all those things. Amen. Because I want, before I leave this earth, I want to strengthen my brethren because I want them to be the best child of God that they can be in this life. Amen. And I want them to be steadfast in the truth that they've received. The Word of God tells us quickly, verse 13, Yea, I think it meet, as long as I'm in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Peter says, as long as I'm in this tabernacle. Correct a note there. As long as we are in this body, like Peter, we want to be faithful to the end. Peter was faithful to the end. Right? And so he's challenging people to be steadfast in their faith to the end. He says, I stir you up. You know what that word, that, that phrase, to stir you up, it means? It means to wake up fully, to excite. Amen? A lot of times uh, 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 you see that challenge in the Word of God. God wants you to be completely alert as a Christian. Hey, listen, uh, uh, when you're on guard duty, if you've ever been in the military and you put on guard duty, you know what they want you to do? They want you to be completely alert, Right? They say, this is your area of responsibility. You're, you're responsible for God in this. You need to be completely alert so the enemy doesn't sneak up on you. Amen. And he says, I stir you up. He says, I'm trying to get you completely awake. Amen. And make sure that you are on alert as a believer. Amen. And you know, amen, what's going on around you and you're being what you ought to be. Verse 14, trying to finish up. Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Boy, he didn't forget that, huh? The Lord told him uh, uh, that uh, how he was going to pass. You see, one day this ta tabernacle will be left behind. Let's just finish up with verse 13. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. You know what he's saying there? That you may always have these things in remembrance. Here you can see his heart and concern for them. Endeavor, that means this. He says, I, I, I endeavor. That means to, I'm making every effort to do my best for you. I'm making every effort to do my best for you. And that word always means perpetually through all time. And so what he's saying, I, hey, I'm getting ready to put off this tabernacle. But you know what? After I'm gone... My desire is that you would have these things always in remembrance. So what he's saying is, hey, you don't need me. You might like having me around, but you don't need me to continue on for the Lord. But you do need these things. Amen. You don't need me, but you do need these things. Hey, hey, I, I know, hey, <laughs> nobody needs me. This church, this church don't need Jeff Stewart, but this church needs the truths of this book. You as a believer, 
You don't need to be hate. If God chose to, 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 to take me out to march, it shouldn't, uh, shouldn't slow down nothing. I'm a nothing. I'm not necessary. But you know what? I'm not necessary for your life, but you know what? The truths of this book are necessary for your life. The truths that are being passed on are necessary for your life, right? Uh, these things being added to your life are necessary for your life as a believer. So, hey, whether if I'm here, I'm going to say keep on keeping on. But when I'm gone, remember the last thing I said was keep on keeping on, amen? Don't fall behind. These things, you see, they're more than just a list. They are part of the life that God desires and expects for his children. Our prayer should be basically this, Lord, help me add these things. Lord, I want to see what I need to see. Lord, I want to produce what I'm supposed to produce. Lord, I want to be strong in you, and I want to remember what I need to remember. Lord, I want to be faithful like Peter until I put off this tabernacle. Let's pray.